0: Welcome to Horsing Around, the UK's only podcast dedicated solely to the Detroit Pistons. I'm your host Neil Watson and this is episode two. So what's up everybody, great to have you here for episode two of Horsing Around. Just want to start off by saying uh, a huge thank you for all the the amazing comments and the encouragement that I've had uh, since the first episode dropped last week I do really appreciate it and also uh, a big shout out to the guys at the pumped up podcast who invited me on their Twitter space on opening night of the NBA 2 had such a great time doing that um, it was great to be able to interact with people on opening night uh, don't Always get that opportunity uh, being he- over here in Scotland. So go over and check them out on Twitter. Uh, get involved in their their chats that they have over there, especially if you are a fan of Detroit sports. Um, obviously, my other teams and uh, other sports uh, aren't Detroit teams. Uh, the Pistons are the only Detroit team that I that I follow. Uh, but it's great to uh, to be able to interact with them. They do actually speak. Um, ...about Michigan uh, and Michigan State too... ...so Michigan are actually my uh, college team... ...both in football and in basketball... Um, ...but what can be said about this past week... ...other than the fact that after that buzz of winning on opening night... ...it's been a real struggle uh, to try and mine some positives... ...from the rest of the week... Uh, ...my prediction of going 2-1 and one over the first three games... Uh, almost happened, and probably should have come off, uh, but more about that in a little while. Before we get to my, my major beef with those first three games, here's some of my thoughts by way of recap uh, on those games. So the first one up was the opening night win against Orlando. Now it's clear to me that these two teams, as young as they are, are going to be going at each other for years to come. You know, I, I tongue in cheek said that Orlando uh, weren't good uh, in the last episode, um, but they too have a lot of raw potential, especially in their front court. And the thing is, after being super excited to see Cunningham and Ivy playing together in the back court in a competitive game, but well, we didn't actually get much in the way of seeing that in the first quarter, due to them both having to come out of the game early after picking up those quick early fouls. And we also got to see the the best and the worst of the Detroit Pistons in that first half. Uh, we went down by a huge number of points, but then showed that kind of guts uh, to claw it back and then actually take a, a two-point lead into halftime. And that was in spite of some absolutely awful free throw shooting. And I want to have a quick shout out to Corey Joseph in that first half. He came off the bench and he hit some really nice shots and it helped us grab some kind of momentum. And then Jaden Ivey, when he came out in the second half, he was on fire. But then we just fell apart and we allowed the magic to, to get back into the game. Um another shout out goes to um Bogdanovich whose shooting was just lights out. You know, I love his release. Um I, I don't know uh, about you guys, but I just I love watching it. It's so smooth. And I'd just like to say a huge thank you to to Utah for that wonderful gift that they've given us um in Bogdanovich. One of the issues for me was that at times Cade Cunningham was a ghost there were times that that i forgot that he was even on the court at times but then as most good players do um he hit some big shots uh, that we we ended up getting the lead going into the the fourth quarter it was nice to see some chemistry between uh, killian hayes and, and jalen Duran. and um you know i've said it before i'm a a big Kilian Hayes fan I just keep waiting and waiting and waiting for him to to break out and I really do hope that that this season he manages to do that and it was nice to see that chemistry um but a little bit more on him later um you know Jalen Duran becomes the youngest piston to get a double double and one of the things that that I really loved about the end of that Orlando Magic game was seeing Isaiah Stewart with that clutch three pointer for the win Now, I'm not 100% sure that that was how it was drawn up. I'm going to imagine that it probably wasn't. Um, But if he can be that guy regularly, then it takes real pressure away from Cade or Jaden Ivey to to have to be the guy every single time. And that allows for when we get to those clutch moments uh, at the end of games that that the defences have to do a little bit more. Than just have their focus on one person because they know that that's the guy that is going to be taking the shot. So it was nice to see that. Um, so overall, a really good win uh, against a team that that I do think will cause problems for a number of teams in the league uh, moving forward. Um, and then we rolled on into New York uh, on the back of that win. My confidence was was up, and boy was that misplaced confidence if there ever was one. We got off to a a pretty good start, and we played well for probably about three quarters of the first quarter, but we cannot miss as many free throws as we did. You can't be leaving that amount of points uh, at the free throw line, and we ended up being down by, I think it was 10 uh, after the first quarter. And then we were off in the second quarter. Defence was non-existent. I was beginning to think that I was watching uh, a game of uh, NBA Jam as the as the Knicks seemed to be on fire as everything that they were throwing at the basket was just going in and I think the only real positive for me was seeing Cade attempt to take the game by the scuff of the neck as we say here in Scotland you know he tried to put it on his shoulders you know drive into the basket trying to make things happen um, which is what you want to see, you know, you want to see that from your your main guys, you want them to, to try and take the game uh, back in your favour, so that was, a, that was a positive, even although we were awful on defence and everything that New York were throwing at the basket was going in, and I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here, you cannot leave 10, 11, 12 points at the free throw, and I just can't get the fact that there are professional basketball players that miss so many free throws. I get the odd one or two where you maybe, you know, something puts you off. But it's one of those very few things in our game that you can practice and practice over and over and over again, where you have a shot that is uncontested. It is you putting the ball to the basket and you can practice that over and over and over until you get it right. And it just really, really bothers me when... I see so many misses happening. I get that you're away from home. I get that the crowd are making a lot of noise. But you need to be able to put that out of your mind and just focus on putting the basket, uh, put the ball through the basket. And the thing is, we did put a run together, but our, our defence just couldn't hold. You know, individual battles on the court were were being lost And the Knicks, as I say, I mean, their three-point shooting was just ridiculous. Um, And as much as I was loving seeing Killian Hayes and Jalen Duran in that Orlando game and the nice chemistry that was coming up, I'm sorry, man, but Killian just jumped out at me as being really poor. You know, he got sucked in too many times. You know, switches uh, were exposing our defence and it was just lacking. And there were too many fouls. You know, there was a couple of times where Killian actually got duped uh, on pump fakes and just made wrong decisions. And he was, he, he was pretty poor um, against New York. And the thing is, there were so many things that went wrong in this game. You know, and it was also a huge, huge lesson in how important your bench is in this sport. You know, our bench contributed very little Going forward, you know, New York had something like over 50 points from their bench alone. And we are not a team that are set up to allow teams to go 30 points up and we're going to magically pull ourselves back into the games. It was just a real disappointing night, Um, well, early morning for me as I I went back to bed uh, after a really tough defeat. And then we moved on to the, the Indiana game. And we got off to a much better start uh, in the game, certainly on the offensive end of the floor. We even made some free throws uh, early and we got some stops. You know, and I thought at this point that my prediction of that our record would be 2-1 and one, uh, over the three games was going to come uh, to pass. But it was weird. There was a couple of non-calls. I, I don't like calling out the officials, they, you know. They tend to have quite a tough job to do and um, you can't blow for absolutely everything. But there was a lot of non-calls from the officials and I, and I remember one in particular where Jaden Ivey was clearly fouled taking it to the basket and there was also a clear push-off from Duarte right in front of the official and they gave him the, the basket. And I thought, what is going on here? It's like right in front of you. But anyway, it was great to see Livers back on the court You know, I said there at the beginning that the the Wolverines uh, are my college team, both in football and in basketball. So obviously I root for him really hard. Uh, It was nice to see him uh, back on the court. Um, But it just seemed like the Pacers were channeling their inner New York Knicks (laughs) after getting off to a poor start from beyond the arc. They just got hot and they pulled our lead back and then they took the lead And again, you know, I I, I like to try and stay positive. I like to try and be, um, you know, everyone's supporter. Um, But man, Diallo, he was not good. You know, he wasn't good against New York. um, And I'm not feeling him at all. Uh, I I don't know what he is meant to bring to uh, this team at the moment, but he's just not doing it. And uh, I was yeah just really disappointed uh in him and the way the way he was playing it just wasn't great um you know I, one of the things that uh really jumped out at me was Jaden Ivy uh, we all know that he has this nice quick first step but he needs to learn to adjust his shot when he goes to the basket and even if that means that he ends up getting fouled he just needs to be able to do it. There were too many times that he was predictable uh, going to the basket. You know, he'd made a great move getting past his defender, getting into the paint, and then he would go up and he wouldn't adjust the, the shot while he's going up there. And it either meant he got blocked or he just lost control of the ball. And we can't kind of allow that to keep happening. He needs to work on that and being able to adjust what he's doing, uh, especially when he's in the air. And that's hard. I get that. I get it's It's difficult. Um, it's a difficult thing to do but um, I definitely think that he has it in him so that's just something to, to note there was too many times that he was going forward towards the basket and it became predictable and he just kind of lost control of it and that thing of a great first quarter kind of fizzled out and we ended up having no flow or no defence um, in the in the second half at that start it was just awful you know, no communication on defence. You know, all over the place on offence. We were trying to force things rather than just calm it down and read what the, the defence was giving you. You know, we need to just have some more energy and, and definitely communication. Uh, it's just... It's difficult to watch um, because, you know, for those of us that have played and you're watching it and you're thinking, what are you doing? You know, it, And I get that it's a... It's a natural thing to to want to try and force it when you when you're down by, you know, a, a bucket load of, of points and you want to try and get them all back as quick as you can. But I just felt that we were trying to force things a bit too much and we could have done a better job of just calming it down and just read what they're gonna give us and try and break it down. And just have a bit more energy about us. You know, Cade hit some nice three pointers and again it was nice to see him look to try and um take over the game uh, which is what you want from your your franchise player but ultimately we gave them far too many second chance points and we weren't capitalizing enough when we did get a stop and we were really our (laughs) worst enemy at times you know when you give yourself too much to do um, it's difficult to dig yourself back out of that hole um, and it can be really difficult to recover from it And I was actually quite surprised in the Indiana game because we didn't really use Bogdanovich anywhere near enough, I felt, in the game. It wasn't that he wasn't on the court, it was just I didn't feel that we were really including him much uh, in certain things. And that might be that, I I don't know if they felt that Indiana had his number or or it just felt weird that we didn't really use him as much. Yeah, you know, I w- I was disappointed because this was definitely a game that, that we could have won if it wasn't for some poor decisions and, and I'll just say it, you know, a lack of effort at times. You know, it it also got a bit uh, chippy and physical, which I don't have an issue with at all. You know, I I despise the Indiana Pacers and it's clear that some of our players feel that same way, um and that their players feel the same way about us. Um, you know, Matherin would never have gotten away with uh, his antics against us if he'd been playing against some of the Pistons teams of the past. I can guarantee that, you know, chirping away, smirks at the bench. It was at one point he just basically stood and stared at Dwayne Casey with a huge smile on his face. That would never, ever have happened. And at one point it did look like Jaden Ivey had had enough and he was going to go and have it out, but then it fizzled out again which was disappointing. But it's a nice segue into uh, what I want to talk about before looking at the games that are coming up this week. So let's talk about defence. You know, as a defence first guy, it's tough to watch game in, game out when you have a team that are all over the place on the defensive end of the floor. You know, one of the things that I prided myself on as a player I knew that as a, a smaller guy on the court, I was highly unlikely to be a go-to guy when it came to scoring the basketball. You know, I, I could shoot, I could, I could do things with the basketball, but I prided myself on not allowing the guy that I was defending to score the basketball, and I would allow my my teammates to deal with the other four. You know, I did my job, which was on the defensive end of the floor. But the thing is, it seems to me that. At the moment we can't seem to play zone, we can't seem to switch well, we can't seem to get back um, and we get battered on the fast break and the thing is we're not a team that will be able to outscore teams getting 120 points every night. Defence needs to be a priority and we need to make sure that we are putting ourselves into a position. Where we can be as successful as we can, and I believe that that starts by having a defence that keeps the, their point total down to allow our offence to be able to score more. And I don't want to question, uh, I don't want to question their heart, but we cannot be taking plays off and at times give up, which is what I've seen this week. There's been a couple of times. I know it's early in the season, um, but I've seen us give up. Uh, on a few on a few of these kind of fast breaks and that cannot be happening we need to be stronger in getting through the screens don't allow offences to pull you all over the place they need to stay composed um, and put the, the emphasis back on to the offence of having to break you down rather than it being an easy thing for them I don't want to get too negative uh, after only three games but this is definitely something that that can and should be worked on sooner rather than later. The only issue for me is that good defence is split into two parts is the way that I the way that I see it. It's broken down into two parts. The first part is certainly coachable. You know, it's about being in the right place to succeed on the court. And making sure that you can get your opponent into a spot that they aren't comfortable with. So you can certainly coach that in terms of movement and and being able to move offensive players to parts of the court that they're not comfortable with. But the other part, it isn't really coachable. It's about heart. It's about effort. It's about taking pride in defending. And you know, I've said it before, you know, the NBA is a league that, that, that loves to show off the um the offensive side of the game. You know, defence is kind of secondary. But the way I look at it is that you need to take pride in your defending. And why should we just try and be um a, a carbon copy of other teams that are in the league? Let's have our own identity. And let's have it starting from the the defensive end of the floor. And it blows my mind that no one, (laughs) no one was willing to go hard at someone like Matherin. You know, if he had been my guy, there is absolutely no way that he was going to be able to not feel me getting on him. You know, I'm not advocating you know, needless violence or anything like that, but I certainly would have gotten physical with him and he certainly wouldn't have been getting away with smiling at our bench. He would. I would have been looking to let him know that I was there and there was too many times that that we just, it seemed to be quite passive. We didn't seem to want to try and do anything with that. So that's something that, that I'll be keeping my eye on uh, over the coming weeks. And I would hope to see them visually, visually get a bit angrier when things are going against us. So, on to this week. We have four games before the next episode. Um, all three teams that we are playing have 2 and one records. The first up are the Wizards, who have just come off... Uh, a tough overtime loss against Cleveland. Um, just looking at their, their stats, they, they seem to turn the ball over a lot in that game. Uh, and to be honest, that's not something that we've done a lot over these last three games. So there's a positive to take away. Um, however, if this Washington team are going to be a team that um, that are prime for turning the ball over, then one of the keys for us is we need to make sure that we're forcing more of these turnovers and actually capitalise on it, which I don't feel we did enough of this week. When we managed to get a stop uh, or a turnover, we didn't seem to capitalise too much on it. And I think it's obviously Bradley Beal uh, is their main threat, so it'll be interesting to see how our backcourt deal with him. It'll be interesting to see who will be tasked with guarding him Uh, on the defensive end. Will it be Cade? Will they put Ivy on him? It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. We then have the Atlanta Hawks twice, uh, who just lost to Charlotte last night, Uh, or should I say got absolutely hammered by Charlotte last night. And the thing is, I love that these games are at home, and I really do hope that... uh, A crowd turns up for them. Uh, I know that at least on one of the the games uh, it'll be a decent turnout due to the Teal returning on the 28th. Um, I'd also like to just uh, shout out to anyone who is going to the game and doesn't want their their Grant Hill bobblehead. there is a home for it here in scotland so please do send it over i'd love to have that for my collection it's another one of those disappointing things of staying on this side uh, of the atlantic that i can't get to detroit when we have these wonderful uh, giveaways uh, it would have been really nice to have that grant hill bobblehead as part of my collection but So as I say, anyone that's over there that doesn't want theirs, please do send it over. Um, I'll very much receive it um, and it'll be much appreciated. The Hawks are a a good team uh, on any given night. So it will be interesting to see how these games go down. And again, their best player is in the backcourt. So again, it'll be interesting to see how we do on the defensive end of the floor um, with uh, Trey Young. And then to close out the week, we have the Golden State Warriors on Sunday. And is there really much to say (laughs) about the Golden State Warriors? I think everyone knows what to expect when the Warriors come into town. And I have to be honest, um, I'm slightly afraid of how many points the Warriors will put up against our non-existent defence, um, especially after watching New York light it up against us this week. Um, the Warriors are my nieces' team. I have a number of friends over in California, there are a number of friends over here in Scotland and in the UK uh, that root for them, so I'll be very much in the minority. Uh the minority of people who will be hoping for a poor game from the, the so-called Splash Brothers. But on the flip side, at least we get to see the teal jerseys again that will be getting worn uh, on Sunday night against the Warriors too, so there's always that. But regardless, um, I'm looking forward to these games. Um, you know, I know that I get frustrated when I see certain things, you know, poor on the defensive end and things like that, but it's just nice to have basketball back, you know it's nice to have basketball again to to look forward to um but saying that after um what we've witnessed this week um I don't hold out much hope um in terms of winning and i and I we certainly aren't winning all of them. I'm not gonna say we're gonna go four and over this week at all um if we can win one of the four, then that would be. That would be nice. Um, at a push, we might be able to beat Washington and maybe take one from Atlanta. Um, but realistically, uh, one win out of four, while nowhere near where we would want it to be, is probably realistic. Um, you know, I do pride myself on being a an eternal optimist, but I think that having Seen what we've seen over the last week. Um, I think it helps to be a realist. And uh, yes, I think realistically, if we can win one out of the four, um, then we would be doing okay. What what I definitely want to see is, I definitely want to see more effort on the defensive end. Um, and I certainly don't want to see us um, get absolutely blown out. So um, effort, pride, commitment... These are all things that that can't be coached. Um, you can have a coach who tries to instil it in you, but it's something that you need to take on as an individual. Um, and I, my hope is that, that that's what we see this week. Um, yeah, a, a turning of the, the corner in terms of no plays that you just let go by you. Um, so yeah, some pride, some character... And some defence. That's what we want to see this week. So I'm going to close out the the episode. Um, there's probably so much more that, that I could have shared uh, today. But I'm still getting into the swing of this whole podcasting thing. And I do appreciate everyone's patience as I do so. I want to say a huge thank you to you for uh, listening. And I really do appreciate it. Um, please do remember to subscribe to the podcast um, at whatever um, provider you use um, and while you're at it you might want to go over and give our Twitter a follow um, that's at Horse Around Pod uh, or if you're over on Facebook there is a Facebook page um, please go and give that a like um, it would also be super helpful if you could spread the word uh, about this podcast, You know, as I said I'd love to build an audience that I'm able to interact with over time but until next time I'm Neil Watson And this has been episode two of Horsing Around, the UK's only weekly podcast dedicated to.